Hello and welcome to Mini Geek Critique and another episode of Represent, the series that looks at how characters are represented in films and media. I'm Tracy, head geek at Mini Geek Critique, and this series of episodes has been looking at how women have been represented in sci-fi. We've now reached episode 6 and I'm excited to talk about my favourite film of all time, Alien. Produced in 1979, this film was seen as a horror movie in space. It received critical acclaim as well as a number of awards, including Best Visual Effects. Its alien antagonist has become iconic, and the standoff between it and Ripley is monumental. It's produced a number of sequels, prequels, crossovers and parody references over the years. Please note, this episode really isn't suitable for kids. There is mention of content over sexual nature and blood and gore. And don't forget, there will be spoilers! The film begins with the credits appearing through the expanse of space, slowly revealing the title of the film. The titles tell us that the ship the Nostromo is tugging through space a giant ore refinery, its crew of seven asleep. The camera shows us the ship waking up, the light switching on the bright stark contrast to the dark silent exterior of space. The camera shows us the various human touches in an otherwise unambiguous and clinical looking area, until it reaches a room that has pods with people in. The lids of these pods open and the occupants begin to awake. As the crew establish why they've been woken up early by the ship's computer mother, they argue whether they should go and investigate the distress signal that caused their unscheduled wake-up. Ash points out that the company policy dictates that all distress signals are to be investigated or the crew's monetary share of the ore will be sacrificed. They disembark the Nostromo for the refinery and land on the desolate moon, the location of the distress signal but sustained damage to the landing gear. Dallas, Lambert and Kane all don spacesuits and take the two kilometre walk to the distress signal. The rest of the crew wait back on the ship, making the necessary repairs, while Ripley begins to decipher some of the signal and determining it to be more of a warning than a distress signal. She discusses with Ash the best course of action. Ash convinces her that despite not being able to contact the team, it would be futile to try and follow them. Ripley reluctantly agrees. Meanwhile, as the three approach the derelict ship, they find a huge chamber full of what can only be described as eggs. Kane takes a safety line down to the floor of the cavernous room and begins to investigate one of the eggs as it opens. He is suddenly attacked by its contents. Lambert and Dallas return to the Nostromo with an unconscious Kane and implore Ripley to open the ship door so Kane can get the relevant treatment. Ripley refuses to let them enter, reminding her colleagues that they need to be quarantined and Dallas would do the same, despite Kane being in desperate need of medical attention. Ash disregards Ripley's orders and opens the door anyway, letting the three explorers back on board. In the medical bay, Ash and Dallas are wearing protective suits examining Kane. Having removed his helmet, they discover a hand-like creature covering Kane's face, its tail wrapped menacingly around his throat. Ash tries to remove it, but cutting into it reveals the creature's blood to be acidic as it burns through two floors of the ship. Later, Ash contacts Dallas to tell him that the creature has detached itself and disappeared. Dallas, Ripley and Ash begin to search the medical bay for the creature, only for it to fall from the ceiling, dead, near Ripley. Kane wakes up from his coma seemingly unharmed and they retire to the mess for food. Whilst Kane is eating, he begins to writhe around in pain. He begins to have a seizure. The crew lay him on the table as he continues to scream in agony. 
Suddenly his ribs crack and his chest bursts open, revealing a worm-like creature with teeth. As the creature screams at the crew, Kane's now dead body twitching from the experience, it escapes into the ship. The crew, completely in shock from the ordeal, eject Kane's body into space, now having to deal with this unknown creature's whereabouts. They decide to track it with the device, aiming to catch it with nets, electric prods and carrying flamethrowers. The crew begin the arduous task of locating the tiny creature. Brett follows Jones to a room containing one of the landing gears to find the creature is no longer a small worm, but a fully formed, monstrous looking alien. It attacks Brett and drags his body away. Dallas decides to look for the alien in the ducts of the Nostromo, carrying the flamethrower to force the creature into the airlock. Lambert guides Dallas through the airlocks using the scanner before realising there is a second blip on the screen. The alien has ambushed Dallas and kills him. Ripley, now having access to Mother, discovers that Ash was instructed to bring back the alien creature at any cost, including the lives of the crew. Ashley and Ripley scrap. Parker and Lambert discover them and free Ripley from Ash's attempts to kill her. Parker pummels Ash, and the rest of the crew discover that Ash is in fact an android. After they reactivate his head, Ash tells the crew that he was assigned to ensure the creature's survival whatever the cost. Admiring its ability to survive, Ripley shuts off Ash, but not before he taunts them about the slim chance of survival. Parker incinerates Ash's broken body and head with the flamethrower. Now just the three of them, Ripley, Parker and Lambert, decide to take their chances on the escape shuttle and start to gather supplies before the Nostromo is set to self-destruct. As Ripley sets the sequence to blow up the ship, Parker and Lambert are cornered by the alien and then killed. Ripley discovers the alien blocking her path back to the escape shuttle and unsuccessfully tries to stop the self-destruct sequence. Seeing no other choice and within the short amount of time left, Ripley takes her chances, taking herself and Jones the cat back to the escape ship. The ship just makes it in time to be far enough away as the Nostromo explodes. Relieved, Ripley starts to prepare for going into stasis, placing Jones in the pod before realising the alien creature is on board as well. Quietly making her way to a cupboard containing a spacesuit, Ripley dons the suit before making her way to a chair and strapping herself in. She uses gas to flush the creature from its hiding place and as it approaches her she presses the button that releases the airlock and the alien is flung out into space. It manages to attach itself to the rocket outlet but Ripley fires them and the creature is lost. Ripley once again prepares for stasis, but not before recording an audio entry into the log describing the fate of the Nostromo. Sometimes having just one genre in a movie isn't enough. Sometimes you have to add another genre, and often horror and sci-fi are a match made in gory sci-fi heaven. The Thing, Event Horizon and Resident Evil are all good examples of these two genres merging. One of the most influential sci-fi movies to come from this cross-genre is Alien. Presented as a horror movie in space, Alien and its subsequent sequels are a franchise that takes the two genres and creates one of the most iconic horror monsters ever. The battle between Ripley and the Alien through the franchise is iconic. Ripley goes from the final girl, a well-known horror trope, to action hero and recognised as a leader. The film perfectly merges the tropes of sci-fi and horror, the use of the Nostroma in the vast expanse of space giving that feeling of isolation but also claustrophobia, the way Ridley Scott films the sequences where the alien is chasing Ripley. You never fully see the alien in all its glory, just snippets and it really plays on the audience's imagination. The tension builds as each member of the crew is picked off one by one by the alien, it too trapped on the ship trying to survive. 
The use of the music and soundtrack are more ambient than a loud orchestral score. It reflects the dire situation they find themselves in. It imitates the vastness of space. It adds to the feeling of suspense and tension rather than becoming an overbearing noise. Throughout the film, Ripley isn't regarded well. Despite her position as warrant officer, she is berated by her fellow crewmates. They dismiss her paranoia. They don't respect her as the new leader when both Kane and Dallas perish at the hands of the alien. Lambert, the only other female member of the crew, is happy to follow along with what's best. She comes across as meek and fearful. Quite rightly so. Her crewmates are being picked off one by one and there's no escape. Lambert was played by Veronica Cartwright, and it was Lambert that Sigourney Weaver had apparently wanted to play, because her character originally was a wise-ass who told stupid jokes, while everyone was becoming hysterical. But the role was eventually given to Cartwright. The character was changed to reflect the audience's fears and garner some sympathy from the viewers. But as the story progresses, as each member of the crew is isolated and then discovered by the creature, the director cleverly obscuring their fate to leave it to the audience's imagination. It is Ripley who is the lone survivor. She is the one who must destroy this alien for fear of it reaching and destroying human colonies. It is the woman who was sensible right from the start, that followed protocol, that only wanted to do the right thing, that survives this horrific encounter. One of the most iconic scenes in horror sci-fi genre is the infamous chest-busting scene. It was initially only known to the director Ridley Scott and John Hurt, who played Kane. The other actors knew something would happen, but not what would happen. The horror on their faces as the alien worm escapes via Kane's chest is genuine. The screams from the actors are real-life reaction to the beginning of the end. Despite the crew losing their crewmate in such a violent way, they begin to panic about this strange and unknown, dangerous juvenile. We know it has acidic blood. It melts through two floors of the Nostromo. It becomes a dangerous little worm. The interaction between Ash and Ripley is an interesting one. It is clear that Ripley is higher in hierarchy than Ash, but every time Ripley raises a security question that jeopardises the crew, Ash overrules her. When Lambert and Dallas are bringing Kane back to the ship, Ripley rightly says no, they have to quarantine, even reminding Dallas that he would do the same. But Ash ceases the argument by just letting them in, endangering them all. He isn't the only one that disrespects Ripley. Parker and Brett's behaviour towards her is antagonistic at best. During the first part of the film, the tag team of Parker and Brett are often conflicting with Ripley, flirting with her almost, but she isn't taking any of their crap and lets them do their job. Despite Ripley being the independent woman she clearly is, it is Parker that rescues her from Ash in one of the strangest confrontations I've seen. Tiny Ash is able to pin down a 5 foot 10 Ripley with nothing but a rolled up magazine in an attempt to kill her. But it is not until Ash is revealed as an android that we realise where that strength came from. It is not until the final minutes of this film that we realise what dire straits Ripley is in. Now completely on her own with nothing but a flamethrower and her cat. She now has to confront the alien in order to escape the destruction of the Nostromo. It is only until this last it is only until this last scene that Ripley sees the alien for the first time, when she realises the creature is on board with her on the escape shuttle. Ripley has to quickly find a solution. It is here that we see the target audience being catered to. Sigourney Weaver is wearing very little, having been interrupted for preparing for stasis. But her quick thinking assures her safety, keeping herself calm by singing You Are My Lucky Star quietly to herself as she disposes of the creature. 
For me, Alien was more than a horror or sci-fi. It was about how a woman trapped in a tin can with this unknown being becomes the lone survivor of her ship. She is brave. She's resourceful. She's determined. She's the first of the new hero. Mm-hmm.